with you on tonight. And yes, we are still having uh, 6 a.m. prayer tomorrow. Good morning. I mean, well, good morning. Good evening, Pastor T. I'm used to sitting in this chair. God bless you. I'm used to sitting in this chair early in the morning. God bless you, Apostle Joyner. God bless you, Brother Thomas. Listen to me. I want to share something with y'all tonight. And um, I really want to take a minute and really just be like, just direct. You know what I'm saying? Um God bless you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you, ma'am. Listen to me. You know, we, we are in the midst of a lot of things going on and it has always been something going on. You know, that has not changed. That's not anything new. Um, however, when we find ourselves dealing with circumstances and situations, bless you, Sister Latanya, bless you. You know, when we find ourselves dealing with circumstances and situations and we're not sounding off about it and we're not we're not dealing with the issues that need to be dealt with. Um, we already know what the scripture says. We know what the Bible tells us. And because we know what the Bible tells us, we have a responsibility to deal with that. And I want to talk to y'all real quick about um, there are four dimensions that that leaders, um, apostolic people um, have to face testing and trial in you're going to find yourself in a battle for these or these uh, places these dimensions in your life and the reason why i want to share this with you is because and i mean i've been sitting on this for a minute but the more i keep seeing things the more god keeps dealing with me and so i want to make sure that i deal with this and share this with you so if you can share this uh, post um share this um love you to a uh, prophetess um prophetess smith god bless you um, share this video because this is going to be um, um, a strong prophetic word and it's going to also be some correction. Now, why am I here? Why am I dealing with this? Bless you, Sister Lakeisha. Let me tell you what's happening here. Now, everybody is tripping and falling out about what went on with Matthew Stevenson. And I'm sorry, I'm naming names. This It has to be done. And this is not to bash anybody. These are our brethren. I love them. Um, and I want to see them do their best in God. I want God to use them. I want them to be able to go forth. You know what I'm saying? And, and be able, you know, for God to get the glory out of their lives. However, the things that are taking place, um, somebody has to cry against it. Listen to me. The Bible tells us to mark those that cause divisions among us. All right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. And, um, we need to learn how to do just that. We in the last days. And so your favorite preacher, you know what I'm saying, is not exempt from correction. And you need to understand that. And, and it has gotten so bad that people from this particular church that we are talking about, um, they have gone and branded themselves and put their church initials on their body because they are idolaters. They are idolizing these leaders instead of following what God has commanded us to do. Listen to me. Your pastor is not going and God is not going to get any glory out of you putting, getting your leader's name or your church name tattooed on your body. It's lunacy. It's idolatry. Get it together, church. Okay. So I want to talk about these dimensions because this is very important. And what happens is if you don't deal with these dimensions and you get a platform, <laughs> you're going to blow it.
You're going to blow it. And this is what you need to understand. You know, God may be calling you to the nations, but you got to be ready for this place that he's calling you to. Stop getting happy and excited about a platform when your life is in shambles, when you live in shabby, when you don't have yourself together, when you don't know how to control your impulses, when you don't know how to control your flesh, when you don't know how to control your mouth. Okay, we all have flesh. I got flesh. My flesh is terrible. Okay, and if I said anything other, I would be a liar. Okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of you that are watching, you have flesh too. Your flesh think just as bad as mine. All right, and maybe your issue may not be my issue, and vice versa. However, if we have brethren that are around us, and I need to say this to uh, leaders if you are a pastor, if you are a leader, can I tell you that those that we consider the laity, they have the right to correct you because they are brethren okay and 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 because they have the same holy ghost that you have if you get out of alignment okay if you get out of alignment you have to be corrected we need to have the right people in our circle now let me say this all right, because this this is what really pushed me over the edge. The fact that now we got Tyler Perry preaching on a Sunday morning when it's clear we know that he's a shacker, okay, and a cross-dresser. And I don't care if you like to watch his movies and laugh at it. What he does in the entertainment realm is one thing. That's his business. But when you bring it into the church, it becomes our business. It becomes my business because my responsibility is doctrinal soundness. As a believer, I have a responsibility to defend the faith, okay? And, and really, the faith doesn't need to be defended because God's word stands on its own. However, I have a responsibility to preach the truth without compromise. And so do you. It doesn't matter whether you wear a clergy collar. It doesn't matter whether, you know, I'm saying you have a title. It doesn't matter whether you preach at a church on a regular basis. You have a responsibility to preach the gospel. You have a responsibility to make sure that whatever is coming out that, you know, you preserve righteousness and holiness. So I want to talk about these four dimensions because if you don't get these dimensions right, you're going to blow it. And that's just the bottom line. And many of us have, you know, visions of grandeur. We're running after everything. We're running after these platforms and our life is jacked up. We don't like people. We can't get along with folks. We can't stand people. We don't know how to talk to people. And I'm going to show you in scripture that this is the quintessential uh, uh, spirit of this age that we are living in. And because we have not allowed God to deal with us in these four dimensions, we have gotten off track. And people that we have pulled into our circles, those we call our apostles and our leaders, because they're so happy about the platforms that other people have, you know, given to us, they don't want to correct us because guess what? We're giving those thousand dollars, million dollars, hundred thousand dollar offerings. Can I tell you that those offerings are not going to get you into heaven? Can I tell you that your name is not going to get you into heaven? Can I tell you that your platform, that just like God gave it to you, he will snatch it back from you. And, and we think that we are exempt. We think that God has to do something for us or that he has to use us. Can I promise you something here? He ain't got to do a thing. Let me fix this. Excuse me one second. Okay, there we go. Whoops, I'm losing my other video over here, so I apologize. Okay, so we, we, we got to have our perspective right, and this is really terrible. Hold on, please. I apologize. Okay, we'll do it like this. All right, 
and then hopefully I won't run out of battery. So let me let me go through this real quick, okay? Let's go to Ephesians. I'm going to read to you Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. This is the NASB, all right? And this is the latter half of the, of the scripture. And it says, and we are seated or and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is what you need to understand. Even though you live here on earth, your position is in the heavenly realm. And you have got to learn how to live from the place of your position in the heavenly realm. The problem is we are trying so hard to make it here that we have forgotten that there's another place that's coming after this. We're living like we're going to be here forever. We're trying to get good stuff. We're trying to get money. We're trying to get positions. We're trying to get, you know what I'm saying? You know, the acclaim of men like we're going to be here forever. And what is happening is to us is that we have forgotten what we've been called to do. Listen to me. I'm a businesswoman and I love doing business. I love my, my coaching business, but guess what? I'm bringing Jesus into my coaching. You know what I'm saying? But, but one thing that I understand is no matter what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? You know, one thing I can, I can be doing all of this business stuff, but that is secondary to what I've been created to do. Everything else is dessert and gravy. The first and foremost thing that I need to be concentrating on is preaching the gospel. That is all of us. That's what we've been put here to do. And it's wonderful if you get the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to, to go to, you know, uh, do things in the secular realm. And I know that, you know, we get onto the seven mountains thing. I don't have time for that. I need to stick with this dimension right here. That's a whole nother, you know, conversation. But what I want us to focus on is why, why are we here? What did God save you for? Do you even remember? Do, do you remember? Do you, if you remember, you won't get caught up and you won't be sitting and shouting and hollering because Tyler Perry quoted the 91st Psalm. That does nothing to God. That doesn't make God go wow because he can quote Psalms 91. Do you know how many people are in hell that can quote the scripture back and forth? That is not, that's not going to cause God to be like, woo, woo, you got it. Now, what are you living? Can you live what you preaching? Now there, there is the, there's the, the, the question of the day. That's the $100,000 question. Can you live what you preach? So now let's talk about these four dimensions. First of all, all right, you have to understand that there are things that go on with us that God uses to prepare us for, for, for just living holy, just, just for doing what he wants us to do. Okay. And you have to be mindful that I don't care what stage you stand on. I don't care how much money you get to stand there. You better understand that there is a part of your life that every part of your life, God is going to test you. He is going to purge you. He is going to purify you because he wants his vessels to be holy, to be righteous, to be sanctified. We have put so much credence into everything else except for living like we should live in this world. And I'm bothered by it. And I mean, I'm not fussing. This is not a rant. And I'm not, you know, saying that there's something wrong that, you know, um, that, you know, Matthew Stevenson is a pariah or that, you know, Tyler Perry is a pariah. No, these people have souls, you know, and all these things that are going on, we who are saved, stop being so enamored with people's person that you can't bring, you can't speak the truth. And you can't say, well, I'm not going to say anything because, you know, that's not my business. Well, whose business is it? Whose responsibility is it to tell the truth when somebody tells a lie? 
Whose responsibility is it when we are the ones who have been given the truth? I'm just curious. Whose responsibility is it? And if you're not going to do it, then who's going to do it? Who's going to be the one that has enough boldness? It doesn't matter how much backlash you catch from, from, you know, all of their supporters. And I know that that happens. You know, however, can you stand for something? Can you stand for something? We go to these stadiums and pack them out and we sit and listen to a whole bunch of jargon and then we come back and we are no better than we were than before we went into these places because we haven't dealt with these four dimensions. So let me talk about these, okay? All right, in these areas, God is going to test every area. And you may find yourself in these areas that God is dealing with you right now. He may be testing you in these areas right now. But you need to be able to go through what it is that God is, you know, bringing you through. And so the first area or the first dimension is, is on the personal dimension. God will deal with us and we have to go through battles in the personal dimension. And this right here has to deal with your personal purity. OK, there's a war for you to be pure. There's a war for you to be holy. There's a war for you to be separated. You know what I'm saying? And maintain being separated and maintain being holy and maintain being sanctified. We don't even really want to talk about sanctification now because we feel like that's old and antiquated. And because, you know, that makes us feel like that we can't wear no earrings, no makeup, no pants or whatever. Sanctification is not your clothes, but sanctification does deal with your clothes. OK, that's a whole nother, a whole nother subject. This also deals with your humility as an individual when we start dealing about personal purity. Listen to me, a haughty spirit, an arrogant heart. Those things mean that there is impurity in you. When you defend your foolishness, instead of repenting of your foolishness, that means that there is, there is impurity in you. And can I tell you what the scripture calls it? The scripture calls it iniquity. It's iniquity. So when we are an iniquitous people, when we make excuses for our sin, I don't care who it is. I don't care how many people follow them. Listen to me. God is not coming back. Jesus is not coming back for a name, for a platform. He's coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And you better be ready to defend the word of God or speak the word of God. And you better not worry about no platform. Okay? The Bible tells us not to worry about men you know what I'm saying? You know, who can only kill your body. You better worry about about the God who can kill your body and also throw your soul in hell. That's what you better be concerned about. Okay? So let me finish. All right? So the war in this first dimension, all right, is that war that, that you know, to establish your ability to love and to forgive. Can you forgive when people do you wrong? This is, this is the battle. You know... How many times have you as a leader dealt with situations and you had to go and forgive and you know that you have not forgiven? Why? Because when somebody mentions that person's name, you know, you get that feeling down in your gut. You know what I'm saying? You be like, ooh, mm, can't stand them. Or you roll your eyes. You be like, oh my God. That, that's how you know you haven't won that battle yet. You need to deal with this war in the dimension of your personal life. It is important that you deal with this. Stop going after a platform and go after God. Stop going after notoriety and go after God. If we went after God like we went after platforms, do you know how powerful we would be? Do you know how much anointing would be in the body of Christ if we had a hunger for God like we hunger to stand on a stage and be seen? <laughs> 
Come on here, somebody. Listen, this is important. This matters above everything else. And you got to understand. And I'm not telling you that you can't reach out after things. I'm not telling you that you can't go out after whatever God has for you to go after. But if you have gotten over uh, overboard and if, if, if you have put more credence in those things than you put in God, Holy Spirit should check you. So this personal dimension, and if you haven't gotten this right, then you're not ready for the platform. You know why? Because you will give your heart to that thing instead of giving your heart to Jesus. If you give your heart to your platform before you give it to God, when you get there, you already sold out for the wrong God. You already sold out. Okay, because we want our name to be in light. We somehow we want to do it for the glory of God, and some of us do. Everything I want to do, I promise I want to do it for the glory of God. But can I tell you something? When it gets in the way of what God called me to do, when it gets in the way, amen, of of of, of walking in the fullness of what God said for me to do, there's something got to give. And you got to be willing to say, you know what I'm saying? That listen, we got to do what God wants us to do. And we got to stop praising people who we know are out of alignment with God. This man, we love him. He's our brother. We want to see him be saved and delivered. We want him to come through this test. It's a test. But there's something going on in the first dimension that he didn't get right. There's a battle going on in the first dimension that he's got to come into alignment with God. And he got to get this thing together. And this is what our prayer has to be. That when we see people that have, have that are battling in the first dimension, then we need to pray for them. We need to pray that God would deal with them and bring them back to the cross. But what happens is we clap our hands. Woo, you said that? Knowing that you're taking, they're taking scripture out of context. Completely out of context to try to, to, to validate their bad behavior. Come on, people of God. Get this first dimension right. This is a battle. This is real spiritual warfare. Okay? So you need to be able to deal with that. This in this place where you fight against depression, where you fight against bad attitudes. Now, how many of y'all have ever had to deal with that? Well, you know, you, your, your heart ain't right. Your mind is not right. Your spirit is not right. You know, there's stuff going on. Your thought patterns is not right. You got to deal with that war in the first dimension. Okay. So stop going after anything else until you get this right. Okay. And the reason why, and, and let me take this to you. Let me tell you when this battle starts. Okay, let me read this to you. And I love this in, in Psalms 105. Psalms 105 and 19. Hallelujah. All right. Psalms 105 and verse 19. And it says, until he had what he had said came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. When God releases a word to you, that's not just a shout and dance time. You know what I'm saying? That's not just a shout dance time. And whoever's putting up the angry hearts, I'm not changing the message. I love you, but this is what we have to do. This is our responsibility. It's because of our love for souls that we got to preach the truth. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And what we got to learn how to do is we got to stand for the truth. And we are in a time where people don't want to hear truth. People want compromise. People want, you know, tell me, singing the song, tell me something good. I'm not telling you anything good because there's no good news for you until you get it right. 
Until you get deliverance, until you come through this war in the first dimension, until you learn how to walk in purity, until you walk in in, in, in forgiveness, until you know how, you know what I'm saying, to get your mouth under control, until you know how to get your spirit under control, God's word is, is you just need to understand, God's word is not going to change. His word is just not going to change. And so you need to understand that. And 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 we got to come to the place where we're not going to apologize for the word. And not that we're using the pulpit to bully people. We're not using the pulpit to be able to get up here and do clapbacks. That's not what the pulpit is about. It's not about you pushing your own agenda. It's not about you being able to say whatever you want to say because I'm anointed by God. Oh, okay. That's how you feel about it. Okay. So, so the word of the Lord tested him. This word tested is the, the Hebrew word, um, sarath, which means to refine literally or figuratively. This means to, to fuse metal, to melt, to purge, to try. That means that when God releases a word, that means that the very word that he spoke over you, he's going to test you in every dimension to make sure that your heart is right, to make sure that you're ready to receive. He said until what he had said came to pass, until the word of the Lord manifested, he was tested. He was tested. Okay, so you may find yourself in the midst of being tested because God has given you a word that battle in the first dimension to get your heart right, to walk in purity, to walk in holiness, to walk in forgiveness, to deal with your bad attitudes. We all have the propensity to have nasty attitudes. Every last one of us, we all have the propensity, you know what I'm saying, to walk in anger, to walk in retaliation. We all have that. So you got to be able to deal with your flesh in the first dimension. And I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter what stage you graduate to. There's always going to be a battle in the first dimension. There's always going to be a time for you to fight. To keep your heart pure, fight to, to walk in forgiveness, fight to keep your spirit right, fight to be able, you know what I'm saying, to keep, you know, your, your, your attitude in the right place. And so you got to make sure, you know what I'm saying, that you deal with this, deal with, and, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing, my, my naming the names of those people is not because I think I'm better, I don't think I'm better. I don't think I'm better. I'm, I'm, I'm a human being just like they are, you know, and we all have flesh. Absolutely. But there has to be a standard. There's a standard for righteousness. There's a standard for holiness. There's a standard. And no matter where you go and what platform you stand on, that standard does not change. It doesn't change for me. It doesn't change for you. It doesn't change for your favorite preacher. And you got to stop accepting it. Stop eating pig slop and saying it's steak. Baby, it's not steak. They're feeding us pig slop and we have grown to like it. Because we've lost our, we've lost our appetite for God going after everything else except him. Now, come on, church, get your zeal back. Come on, church, get your hunger back. Come on, Zion. Amen. It's time for you to get your heart in the right place. Stop making excuses for your flesh. We can, we can toil. We can do whatever it is that we want to do. But except the Lord build a house. They labor in vain. They build. 
So let's work on this first dimension. Let's work on this first part of our life so that God can purify us and use us so that when we get on that platform, we don't shipwreck. We don't we don't abandon. Amen. Where he is, you know, where he's called us to, which is purity and holiness and righteousness. Next place. Amen. Is your family. There's always going to be a battle for your family. This is where the enemy comes in to fight with your, with, you know, bringing the fight for your marriage, for your, with your spouse, with your children. Come on. Amen. Soon as you say yes to God, if God come and he starts speaking to you about your children, here comes the battle with the kids. Somebody want to rip and run up and down the street butt naked and we don't understand why or they get off into perversion or they don't want to go to church no more and they talking about other stuff that they want to do everything but live for God. And so this battle for your family is not easy, but you got to stay focused. And if you don't have your heart right, if you don't know how to go after God, if you don't know how to be stable in your walk with God, when this battle hits you, you're going to be out in the street, period. I don't care who we call ourselves. So we got to be ready for this. We got to be ready for this. Okay? So, you know, a lot of times you can deal with outward, you know, manifestations and stress and battles. But but what happens is sometimes when our fight is with the spouse or if there's an intense battle for the marriage, what happens is when we get into that battle, that's what we take personal. That's the kind of stuff that takes people out the fight. That's the kind of stuff that sidelines warriors because, you know what I'm saying, to hear that you're not this or you're not that from somebody that you love, that, that those words carry weight. And so when you get to that dimension of fighting in your marriage and your relationships with your family, you got to be you got to be able to have some stamina. Because, again, going back to Psalms, amen, 105, until what he said came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him. And you got to be ready for the trial that's coming because of the word of the Lord, because of what God spoke over you. These areas of your life have got to be brought into alignment because of what God has declared over you. These areas of your life have got to be purified. Remember that word tested is the word to purge or purge away or to try. All right. It is to fuse metal. That means he's going to pull you out of what you're in and fuse you, connect you into something that's right, what he's created for you. So you got to let God do the work in you. Okay. That next dimension. All right. After. So first is personal. Then it's uh, marriage or relationships, your family. Number three is leadership. Your leadership is going to be tested. Okay, this is where you have to deal with loyalty and disloyalty. This is where you have to deal with folks who say they for you, but they ain't for you. This is where you have to learn how to still keep your spirit right. Dealing with that first dimension when people come and they don't stay. Or or or, or here you are as a leader and you face the things like what we have just discussed and people come against you. How do you respond to people coming against you? How do you respond to people coming against you as a leader? How do you respond, you know what I'm saying, to 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 folks, you know what I'm saying, who have a have a wrong spirit, whose heart is not right? How do you respond to people who are just posers, fakers, and wannabes? 
You think it's your job to out them? You think it's your job to reveal everything about everybody when they do stuff wrong? You know what I'm saying? This is where the leadership test comes in. And so you got to be ready for God to purge you, sanctify you, heal you, deliver you from all of this stuff. And believe me, leadership is difficult. It's hard to love people after they trample over you. But 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 if you've really been called to this, you're going to give yourself to God and you're going to allow God to deal with your heart concerning that. You're going to allow God to be able to purge you of unrighteousness. You're going to allow God to speak to you about everything in your personal dimension, everything in your family dimension, and everything that's in your leadership. That means that if you're a crooked leader and he shows you that you got crookedness in you or iniquity in you, you let him purge it out. That means if you got stuff in your heart that's not right, that when God shows it to you, you let him deal with it. You don't come back and say, I said what I meant and I meant what I said and I ain't taking it back. And try to use the word of God and twist it to justify your ill behavior. No, in this dimension, this is the place where you show others what is righteousness and holiness by repenting for your wrongdoing. By repenting for having the wrong spirit, for operating as a novice. Hello, leader. If you're a leader, you can't be a leader and a novice at the same time. You need to get in one of these lanes and let's walk there. It's important that you do this. It's important that you be mindful. Okay, of what God has called you to do. It's important that you don't straddle the fence on this thing. Let him deal with you in every single area. Don't leave anything for God. You can't touch that. Okay, so so personal family leadership and then public. Here we are. Social media. Here we are in the public arena, the public dimension, where everybody can see what we're saying. Everybody can hear, you know what I'm saying? Hear what we're saying and see what we're doing. How do you respond to criticism by other people who see you? Okay? You see now here in the open. Everybody see what you're doing. They see where you're going. They hear all the stuff. Here's the thing. And what is so bad about the first situation that I mentioned to you is that the very words that were shared in a public dimension were brought back to use against don't you know people people remember people have long-term memory okay when they want to remember they remember you know what i'm saying and when they want to forget they forget and so here we have it you know what i'm saying that god will allow these battles that we have to face you know what i'm saying that if if you're going to preach you got to be mindful of what you say and how you say it and who you say it to let me say this because this is very important because what the the argument wasn't so so much the big issue i mean that's an issue okay it's flesh it's what happens sometimes you know what i'm saying and that can happen to any of us but the bad thing the terrible thing about this situation with our brother matthew stevenson the issue is that he took his gift and used it for a perverted purpose that in the same argument he took he started prophesying supposedly prophesying and uncovering this man's issue and used his prophetic gift to tell him how wretched he was that's not the purpose of prophecy 
So you stepped outside the realm of your authority and you, you were no better than a soothsayer. You were no better than a witch because you, you used your gift as a form of manipulation. Okay. And so we got people doing shows and talking about it and justifying him and saying it's okay. He's our brother. We need to pray. We need to pray because that, that's already the sign of a free fall. Okay. And when you know what falling from grace looks like, when you see it, you know what to pray for. So this is not, ooh, look at what he did. No, because like we say there, but for the grace of God, go on. It could have been any of us. But my point is. Out here in the public, we got to be mindful of what we say and how we say it, who we say it to. Come on, because what if you maim somebody and they can't recover because of what you said? Let me give you a little case in point. And I use this example and I tell this story all the time. There was a young lady that was a part of our ministry years, years ago. And the Lord showed me this is the beginning of my prophetic call. I was reckless because I didn't know how to wield what God had given to me. And so here this woman was a part of our ministry and I knew she wanted to leave the church. The Lord showed me what was going on, showed me where she was going to be. And I spoke words out of my mouth recklessly that maimed her, that not only maimed her, but hindered her ability to recover. Hello, prophets. Hello, apostles, pastors, teachers, folks who prophesy, folks who like to run their mouth. And you know what I had to do? I had to go back and find her and take those words back and apologize and repent, not just to God. You don't say, well, Lord, forgive me. No, what you said affected somebody because your words carry weight. When people look up to you, do you know why life and death is in the power of the tongue? Do you know why your words have power? Because influence gives your words power. So when people look up to you, your words are more powerful to an individual who respects you than to someone who has no care for who you are. So the weight behind what you say, you know what I'm saying, has the ability to destroy a life or build it. Public area. This needs to be dealt with. And this is the easiest one. This is the easiest battle. You know why? Because you can control what you release in public and what you don't release in public. But we don't know how. You don't, we don't know how to, to walk properly because we feel like, well, whatever I think is what I'm going to say. And I'm just, listen to me. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a hip shooter. I love to say what's on my mind, but there's a time and a place for everything. And you cannot say everything the way you want to say it. You're being rude to people is no excuse for being upfront and forward or, or, or being honest. There's a difference between honesty and rudeness. Come on here. P pray. Pray that God give you a spirit of sweetness because nastiness is not a gift of the spirit. It's not, it's not, it's not a fruit of the spirit either. Okay. That's the flesh in operation. You got to be able to get victory in this area. Okay. Paul talked about these areas and these dimensions of war. Okay. He battled with his own weaknesses, just like we do. Okay. Here we have second Corinthians 11. Verses 29 and 30, where he said, who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. You know why? Because he knew on this personal level, 
on his personal level, he had to get control of this. Because if he did not, he could get out here and shipwreck. He could get out here and mess somebody up. You're responsible for the people that you destroy. Hear me. You're responsible for the people whose lives you mess up. Because you were reckless with your anointing. Reckless with your gift. Reckless with these dimensions of your life that you didn't let God deal with. Reckless with your platform. You are responsible. And you will be given, you have to give an account for how you handle these places that God calls you to and you abuse. Don't think just because the audience is clapping for you that God is in that audience clapping. Just because everybody's saying that's right. Don't think that God is in the audience saying that's right. Come on here. And if we're so concerned about how people want to, you know, how they deal with us and what they do to us. The Bible tells us clear when a man's ways please the Lord, he make even his enemies be at peace with him. So do you believe the word? If somebody comes after you, do you know how many times people have come for me on Facebook? Guess what? This is social media. Exercise the delete button. You know, I, I mean, I got a delete ministry. You don't have to argue with people. You don't have to have to fight and struggle with that. Some things are not even a battle. They don't know you. They don't know where you come from. They don't know all that stuff. If there's a question, you can always answer the question, but you don't have to be rude and you don't have to be nasty. And we who are leaders have a responsibility to make sure that our presentation is right. It doesn't mean that you got to walk around here trying to tweak everything for everybody because you're not going to be able to please everybody. But what I am saying is if you focus on how to, to pray, how to walk up right, how to please God, everything else is gravy. Everything else is gravy. So we got to be able to do this. This is so important. And that's thunder and lightning. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but that's thunder and lightning. Mighty God. Okay? So here that was Paul in the first dimension. Here's Paul in the second dimension. 1 Corinthians 7 and 28. He said, but if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yet such will have trouble in this life. And I'm trying to spare you. In this second dimension, Paul was talking about ministers of the gospel going to have trouble in marriage. You're going to go through. He was telling you, you're going to have times of anguish. You're going to have times of difficulty. You're going to have times of fighting. So I'm booking this for you. I'm not giving you no extra biblical nothing. I'm telling you what the scripture says. And so because we know this and, and, and because we're so busy looking for 10 steps to be able to build our business. Love you. Thank you. I want to do that. Looking for 10 steps to get your ministry out there. Love you. Thank you. I want to do that. But I want one step to get me in the presence of God and keep me there. My Jesus. Can somebody have that class? Can we have a back to God revival? Can we have a back to Jesus in prayer revival? Can we do that? And then you can still do your stuff on the side. But can you get a hold of God? If you leave your first estate, if you leave that place that God called you to, everything else is in vain. If you don't fulfill what he put you here for. If you're doing everything else but what God told you to do. Do you know that you are in rebellion? You are in revolt against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you do, you know how many leaders are in rebellion today? Just because everything looks like peaches and cream does not mean that God is pleased. Listen to me, Linda. You got to get this together. 
You got to get this together. It is urgent. This is an urgent call to get your life together on every dimension. Every, not just one, every. It's important. Every single dimension. It is the will of God. It is his mind for us. It is his desire for us. It is what we must do. Not maybe, but must. I don't care if people don't like you. I don't care if they get mad at you. I don't care if they unfriend you. I don't care if they don't want to ever talk to you again. Listen to me. You need to understand what it is that God has commanded for you to do. And you got to do it. Above everything else. Paul started breaking down these dimensions and talking about how to handle them. He was saying, listen, this is what this is what you got to deal with in this life. And you got to be ready to handle this stuff. You got to be ready to let God deal with your heart, whether you like it or not. Whether people agree or disagree. And you're going to always have people who disagree with you. But that has nothing to do with what God said. Because until what God said came to pass. This is Joseph we're talking about in Psalms 105. Until what the Lord spoke came to pass the word of the Lord tried him why because every dimension of his life had to be in alignment God knew he was going to going to allow Pharaoh to, to, to you know what I'm saying make him second in command but if his heart wasn't right if he wasn't able to deal with forgiveness when his brother showed up he would say y'all go starve because I told you I was here and y'all ain't believe in me so since you sold me into slavery, let me sell y'all out. Go find where you're going to eat. He could have moved. He could have did so many things so differently. But because those tests, those trials being lied on made him ready. Being sold made him ready. Come on here. Made him better as a leader so that when he got in position, when he was thrown in prison and they forgot about him there after he blessed them, after he prophesied to them. And he said, please don't forget me. But they forgot him. But when he got in position as a leader, he remembered what God had spoken and how that every single thing that God had spoken had came to pass. And the things that he was experiencing was to deal with him in every dimension so that he would be who God called him to be. So that's really what I wanted to share tonight. That's all I wanted to say. I need you people of God get on track get on track do all the things that's in your heart to do but don't lose what God has called you first and foremost to do don't don't lose that don't lose that for your job don't lose that for friendships don't lose that for for business don't lose that for church folks don't lose that for religious people listen Get in alignment with what God is speaking in your life. Do what God said do above everything else. Stop making an excuse because there is no excuse. Okay? And you will not be excused. There is no excuse and you will not be excused. I pray that your heart is blessed. If the word blessed you, you know what I'm saying? Say amen. We thank God that the word is a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? But at the same time, let's remember Let's remember, let's remember what God has called us to do. Let's remember, amen, that, that we have been put here to do the will of God, not just to be wonderful, not just to get a house, a car, you know what I'm saying?
bad, poor people. You know what I'm saying? This shame on you. Shame on you. You charge more than what you would ever make in the world. Okay, I was just saying. Okay? He said, for people be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant. We've seen this in action this weekend. Abusive. Abusive. That's the word blasphemous. You cannot abuse God's people and think you're going to get away with it. You're going to answer to God. He said, woman to them that do this to the least of these. If you offend the least of these, it's better that you had a millstone tied around your neck and be cast into the sea. Guess what, boo? You can't swim out this river. God going to throw you in because you're abusing his people. You think God is not coming back for that? You think that he's not coming for these people doing this stuff? Get those four dimensions together. Get your personal life, your marriage life, get your, get your ministry, come on, your leadership, get your public life, get it together. Stop making excuses for sin in your life, leaders, areas where, where, you know what I'm saying? It may not even be sin, but it's just sloppy living. Get it together. You are without excuse. He said they're disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. You can't even go and apologize to some of these people because they're ready to bite your head off. This word is espondos. That means, all right, it means to be without libation, which is usually accompanied by an entreaty. By implication, they are truceless. They are truth breakers. They don't keep their word. They're liars. That's what the scripture is saying. Liars. And it doesn't matter if it's your favorite preacher. It doesn't matter if it's your bishop. Get it right. You as a believer have a responsibility to cry loud and spare not. Stop trying to be a part of stuff that God never told you to be a part of because you just want to be seen by somebody. Because truth be told, if you walk in your real anointing, they ain't going to want you there, boo. Huh? They're not going to want you there. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so you got to be able to do what God wants you to do. Be obedient to God. Be obedient. Be obedient. He says slanderous without self-control. They want to control you, but they can't control themselves. They want you to listen to everything they're telling them to, that they're telling you to do, but they can't control themselves. Out of control. Brutal. Brutal. Rude. Rude to other people. Hallelujah. This is the this this word here, anemorose. Brutal. Okay? Anemorose. They're savages. They are fierce. They're like they're like an animal ravaging the people of God. That's listen, I didn't write it. This is the word of God. This is what we are dealing with. And when we get tired of being abused, when we get tired of being played to the left and really want to move of God, stop settling for this pseudo stuff. Stop settling for stuff. You know, the people are nice to you as long as you're doing something for them. And then when you feel like you're not going to, you know, do it, then they're going to get mad at you and hate you. Come on. Or because they want to do, as Paul talked about, making merchandise of you. And so as long as they can merchandise you, then we love you. But when you get hip to the game, then we don't want to play no more. And, and, and this is what you got to understand. You know what I'm saying? This right here goes for me first. 
Me first. I'm in the front, middle, and the back of this line. You know what I'm saying? This is not about calling other people out and saying, oh, this is you, this is you. No, this is us. This is us as the body of Christ. And we got to get our focus on what God said and what God said only. That's it. That's it. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's all. Deal with these four dimensions. You deal with these four dimensions. And you're going to be able to see breakthrough like you like you like you desire to. Don't forget the scripture until that time, until that time, the word of the Lord tried him until until what he said came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. So you going through because the word of God is is testing you. God is testing you, allowing you to be tested in your personal life, in your public life, in your leadership. Okay. In your family, because he wants your life in alignment. He wants everything in alignment. And if you sell out before you get to where he called you to, if he would have gave Joseph everything that he promised without breaking him, Joseph would have got there and forgot about God. If God were to give us what he promised us without allowing us to be broken in his presence, we will forget him. So it's not just connecting with somebody who's going to open the door for you. It's more than that. It's being ready so that when God opens the door, that you will serve God properly, that you will not sell your soul to the highest bidder because, you know what I'm saying, you was only there for the cash anyway. Hallelujah. So I pray that the Lord bless y'all. We will still be having prayer tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. right here on this page. Amen. And so I pray that the Lord encourage y'all and strengthen y'all and that you've been able to receive what the Lord has given to me to share with you in these four dimensions. These four dimensions of apostolic people that God is dealing with. Get a hold of this. Let God minister to you. Deal with it. Deal with it. We love y'all. I love y'all. Thank God for you. I'm grateful that the word was able to touch something, encourage somebody, confirm, you know what I'm saying, or affirm. I pray the Lord bless y'all. Meet us on the line here for prayer tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. The Lord bless y'all and keep y'all. That's my prayer. God bless. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.